Stall It with Darren and Joe, a Go Loud original podcast, proudly sponsored by Five Lamps. The beer from Ah Here. Five Lamps is the locally brewed, great tasting beer. Try a local in your local. Get the facts, be drink aware. Visit drinkaware.ie. Would you like to come and stall it? Ah, would you just stall it, look? I'd like to come and stall it. I'm not really in the mood. Well, come on and bleed and stall it. Yeah, house hatcher. I'm not a house hatcher. We'll stall it for the crack. We're gonna have a laugh. Welcome to the Stall It podcast. Stall It is a Go Loud original podcast proudly sponsored by who? The Five Lamps. Get up out of it. The beer from Ah. Uh, yeah. Get yourself a pint or a can. But you know what they do? They do a lovely IPA. Do they? They do, yeah. Absolutely. Do you have to visit drinkaware.ie when you're drinking that one as well? I suppose. No responsible drink. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Like all of them. Like. I don't think you have to, but yeah, you probably should. Yeah. Cool. On with the podcast? Yeah. Let's go. How are you keeping today, Darren? Grand, yeah. Are you well? I'm all right, yeah. You're looking well. Am I? Are you losing weight? No. I'm on a diet, but my legs keep taking me into chippers. The bastards, you'll have to cut them off. How they are, like. <laughs> fucking, I do have to punch them. I'm like, will you stop? I know, these fucking legs. They do the worst things to us, don't they? Yeah. Like, make us walk. Make us walk, fucking make us grub out of bed. Make us sit. It's mad. And you don't even want <laughs> to be doing it. You don't. I was a very gullible child, I think. I used to hang around with two older brothers, and I was the youngest, so... They'd be interested in girls and stuff like that. So they didn't want that little brother hanging around. We like around. girls. Yeah. <laughs> so they try to sneak off on me and they'd make up stories and try to make me feel even worse. They'd come back and be like, where did you go? And they hadn't believed in for years that there was a chocolate factory way up the canal. <laughs> Too far. I was not allowed to go to the chocolate factory. <laughs> but they knew an entrance, a secret entrance. And they were able to go into the chocolate factory and just eat loads of chocolate. Would they go to shop and come back with chocolate bars and say we went to the chocolate factory? They would, no, yeah. Would yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. No way. There was another time. I don't know. This is a vague memory, but like my dad came back with a box of flakes. I don't know if he robbed an ice cream van or something, but he came back with a load of flakes, a box box of flakes, and my brothers told me that they were from the chocolate factory. <laughs> oh god! And I was like, oh, and I ate them all, and then I got sick, and I don't know whether I got sick because. I just ate loads of chocolate or maybe the flakes were gone off and my dad got a good deal on them and that's why he came home from the pub, <laughs> from the pub one night with a box of flakes. <laughs> like somebody <laughs> was giving out gone off flakes. The fact that it was all adding up when you were a kid like that, the box of flakes and there's a chocolate factory and stuff like, it's terrible. And the sky falling, another way of sneaking off for me Yeah, was by saying that the sky was going to fall. Yeah. And it was it was a genuine fear that the clouds would fall. Were gonna come out of the sky and fall and the or, smog would envelop you. Do you know if you made a face like you're like that? My mum was saying, like, if you if you keep doing that, you'll end up like that. Forever. Yeah, yeah. And I used to think like I used to stop doing it because I thought like I'd end up just smiling forever. And now look at you. And now I did. She was right. <laughs> <laughs> Should have listened. So believable. But it was just a hoax the whole time. Just wasn't just wasn't true. Mm. It's like people used to say the ice cream van sold hash. That was well, true. I don't think he ever sold hash though. Oh, we did. Even now, do you know what? When the ice cream van comes around where I live in Kilock, the kids say, oh, it's the ice cream van, it's the ice cream van. But I'm like, the last time I went to get an ice cream, he rolled his eyes at me and I was like, oh, well, he obviously doesn't want this one euro fifty for a 99 cone. He's obviously selling something a little bit more profitable than a fucking one fifty piece of ice cream. Yeah, like golf ball chewing gums. <laughs> a little Why bit. Why didn't he ask for golf ball chewing gums? <laughs> They're 180. Uh, you'll need golf ball chewing gums after taking his real product. Chewing the jar off yourself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Screwball with a bit of hash in the bottom. You know, I think that was like a, a bit of a hoax, like like a myth, like a myth, like fucking the ice cream man sells hash. I think everyone in their estate, like wherever they're living in Dublin, there was a rumor that that ice cream van sold hash. I think it's widely known that yeah. they were drug dealers. Yeah, isn't that? Air ice cream van didn't look like a drug dealer though. Even he was like fat and beardy and just like he'd either work in an ice cream van or at the floors in a chipper. The ice cream like, van. My man used to launch two euro at me out of a window. 
did she? Get up the road. Mighty hoist grenade, man. And you don't wait around either. First of all, I need to put shoes on, I need to find money, and then I need to go to where you are. And by the time you get up there, they're gone. You Will see, you hang Sometimes you see them coming back past the house and just put your hand out and they'd stop. Taunting us with a lovely music. Lovely music. What was your ice cream fan's theme song? <laughs> What's the classic ice cream? I think it's like the teddy bears go for a pick. Nick. I can't remember what the one I would Barney or something. Was it Barney? Yeah, do do. I think uh, hashing the end of a screwball was a hoax. This was always just a little stupid chewing It's not that they put the hash in the actual <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> <I know. laughs> they sold it on the side. Hash yops. Oh, like the yops were definitely little lumpy bits of squidgy black. Can I get a hash yop <laughs> off your please and a bit of Philly Folly gum? Joe, you were talking about all these hoaxes that were played on you as a kid. Yeah. Got me looking up other hoaxes. Oh yeah? Not played on you, but just generally. <laughs> There's a whole like article. Yeah. In the Independent about <laughs> hoaxes that were delivered to Joe as a kid. A Buzzfeed, like top 10 hoaxes <laughs> that were played on Joe as a sad child. <laughs> Number one, the chocolate factory. Did you ever hear of Hitler's diaries? No. <laughs> bit too interesting. Tell me more. <laughs> in 19, what years is 1983, I think, a German magazine called Stern bought the rights to what they were told were 60 volumes of Hitler's personal journals. They paid about $4 million, which in 1983, a lot of money. Mm. Still is. Yep, they published them. And the Sunday Times published some of them and they had historians check them beforehand and I'll make sure they're real. And he said, yeah, yeah, this is the real deal. This is Hitler's diaries. So this was a big deal. And two weeks later, someone tested the paper and was like, no, this is paper made in 1983. Oh my God. <laughs> the ink is modern. So he's just gone out and bought an A4 pad and a couple of biros and it's sold it for four million. It sounds like when someone goes on Pawn Stars with Jimi Hendrix's guitar. <laughs> yeah. It's like not his guitar. Yeah, this is not Jimi Hendrix's guitar, mate. This is a ukulele. <laughs> this is a tin whistle. <laughs> you might find this one interesting now, Joe. Mm. Right, so in 2017, for about six months, a restaurant called The Shed at Dulwich was the highest ranked restaurant in London on TripAdvisor. So popular it was impossible to get reservation. But the real reason you couldn't get a reservation is because it didn't exist. So this was basically an experiment done by a freelance writer called Uba Butler who wanted to see if he could basically game the online system and create hype around something that didn't even exist. And people fell for it hook, line and sinker. Was there photos and everything for yeah, it? Yeah, the photos it was, his shed, his back garden. Oh, right. It was photos of it and he was able to just create fake reviews and start this hype and the algorithms kind of pushed it to the point that it became the most popular restaurant in London. It didn't even exist? Didn't exist. Not a bit of it. Well, it was a shed. No, it was... It was. Yeah, but it wasn't a restaurant. Okay. I mean, <laughs> the picture of the shed they took the picture of did exist. Oh, so you couldn't book it? No. So he eventually people let people much... book it and he... So it was always just booked out because it was fake, like. Yeah. And people were just like, oh, we'll try next week. It might be, it might yeah. be a slot there, like. So we had a website and he had uh, a phone number you could ring just on a burner phone and people would ring up and say oh no sorry we're all booked up oh my god for six months or whatever and that would increase the hype because people would talk about it more it's a shame though that it didn't increase hype for an actual business like he should have turned his shed into a fucking cafe or something he should have just made what was in the photos yeah and just said actually do you know what maybe we'll just pretend it's real now and there's free reservations for everyone I'd go there was a thing back in the 12th century called the letter of doom it was a letter that told of the apocalypse written by astrologers. They warned that the year 1186 would see the end of the world with earthquakes and storms. Somehow this letter was passed across all of Europe, word of mouth spread around, and people just lost their minds. There were people fasting, praying, doing like religious ceremonies, processions, because they were all convinced they were going to die and they wanted to be ready for when they met their maker. And this panic completely like across all of Europe. Just some fake letter. <laughs> That's mental. How does the word even spread? It's not like you can tweet it and it just goes viral. Like, how does someone in France know that there's this bleeding letter that said something, the world was going to end? Just like Chinese whispers, isn't it? I think that's what it is, isn't it? Just word of mouth. Sure about that letter. <laughs> <laughs> that letter's fucking mad, man. Like, to get from France into Spain, there's a mountain range that you have to climb over it's like someone to just say, yeah, hey, did you hear about that letter? <laughs> someone just went on holiday. 
was like, yeah, it's the story about this letter, where I'm from, and it's mad. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody told me. And then that person just tells everyone in that country. Or did he send pigeons? Toyota were bleeding pigeons for and send them off. Mm. The, uh, that's mad. There's a French city called Chartres, and it has a 12th century Gothic cathedral. For many years, it attracted a lot of pilgrims there because it claimed to house something of something that had belonged to Jesus. Was it the shroud? No. Sandals? His crown of thorns? His robe? A lot more personal than any of those things. His bits? His penis? Getting there. Really? His foreskin. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Apparently more than 20 churches in medieval Europe claimed to have a piece of Jesus's foreskin from his circumcision. Why oh. would you keep it like at his birth they cut off his foreskin but they didn't know then that he was the, the and was this in a barn? Jesus was born in a manger. Did they cut his foreskin off in the manger? I don't know. Guess that sheep shares. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know where this tradition began but um, obviously all 20 churches across Europe in the medieval times could not have had a piece of his foreskin so maybe one of them was telling the truth. But That'd it, be a good fucking film wouldn't it? <laughs> Hunting down. Yeah. <laughs> Just like hunting down Jesus' foreskin. The search for his foreskin. I would make a good like horror film as well. Like just this madman that just like collects people's foreskin. It, like the human centipede. But like foreskin. <laughs> and without <laughs> time people's arses and mouths. Every, every time you say foreskin, it just makes it more and more disgusting. I just keep thinking of foreskins. Not like rolling paper, like cigarette paper skins. Like yeah. four of them. Oh, there's a feast. The Feast of the Circumcision of Christ. Explain what that is. It's January 1st. It's Uh-oh. celebrated by several churches around the world mm-hmm. because uh, according to Jewish law, Jewish boys are to be circumcised on the eighth day following their birth, which will be January 1st. And in the Bible, Luke 2.21, it says, And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. An old woman took the foreskin and preserved it in an alabaster box of old oil of... Jesus, actually. Is it actually Jesus' foreskin that she has? So foreskin relics started appearing around Europe in the Middle Ages. What do you mean foreskin relics? So these... Foreskins of saints. A box... Which a box of foreskins? A box of one foreskin that they would oh, claim. Oh, meant the whole box of foreskins. The These box. are all Jesus' foreskins. All of them. Charlemagne, who was Emperor of Rome and lots of other lofty titles, gave the very first one to Pope Leo III when he was crowned Emperor of Rome. That was his gift to the Pope. A foreskin? Jesus' foreskin. There has to be a foreskin counter here for the amount of times you said foreskin. Foreskin. <laughs> Four times. <laughs> Forty times. Oh, Charlemagne said it was brought to him by an angel. Here's Jesus' foreskin. Other people said it was a wedding gift he was given by an empress, Irene. If someone said to you, like, here is a gift that's Jesus' foreskin, I'd be like, get out. Imagine at your wedding, I just show up and I say, congratulations, I'm delighted for the two of you. Here's a foreskin. (laughs) (laughs) I'd probably just go, thanks. (laughs) <laughs> you'd be like that uh, nice one I'll, I'll put that over like, with the I've got the so knives and forks I, I'll be like, I actually appreciate that you went to the effort and done this um, because people have just been getting me candles yeah so and I'll be like, like thanks for getting me some foreskin can you please call me an ambulance now because I'm bleeding now heavy oh my God. <laughs> it's clean or it's clean I'll be like ah it's clean or it's grand so this one particular foreskin, this this was cracked <laughs> through the ages. And, uh, that word is just going to start making me laugh now if you said it that much. It was looted during the sack of Rome in the 16th century, bounced around the place, like and it was stolen ball. by a priest in 1983. <laughs> the adventures of Jesus. So someone Lord. stole Jesus' foreskin in 1983. A priest. A priest. Of all people. How, how was it not deteriorated? It would be in I'd a box. Say, like, yeah, it's in a box, box and nobody would yeah. open the box because it's sacred to Jesus as well. So like, this foreskin lasts forever. I mean, there's like you know Jesus' blood and all these things, pieces of his hair and whatever that are around the world. People claim to be from the well, they drink Jesus. Jesus' blood at mass symbolically, not literally. I thought it was literal. I thought it was in bags behind the altar. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Jesus is just like that. I hooked up to a drip. Oh, for fuck's sake. This is me body. There was one in, it was a gift from King Baldwin of Jerusalem. He sent it to Antwerp in Belgium in 1100. He supposedly bought it in the Holy Land during the First Crusade. Imagine what? you bought like a knockoff Jesus foreskin. foreskin. How are you going to prove that it was Jesus? It could be anyone's foreskin. That's like buying a dodgy Charizard. 
<laughs> the Fugazi. And you realise it's a Fugazi. Hey, this, this foreskin's a Fugazi. <laughs> what the fuck? This is a Fugazi. Jesus, foreskin was round and sort of curved at the side. <laughs> <laughs> and they built special chapels. And is this all in the Bible? What? That is no, the, no. Like the journey oh, of this... Jesus' foreskin. No. No, sure. how would it be in the Bible? It was 1500 years later. <laughs> no, but like, just past the stories. Like. The sequels. Now, in past stories, like. National Geographic had a program called Quest for the Holy Foreskin. Jesus Christ. I've got to watch that. You have to watch that. Definitely. I feel like when he died, they put him in a tomb, then he, he rose and he came out and he showed his disciples his hands and he was like, Look, I was dead, I'm alive now. And then he, his body disappeared and he physically went to heaven. Like, his body hmm. doesn't exist anymore. I can't believe he went to heaven but now I'd say when that happened I'd say his foreskin was like oh, what about me? Yeah. <laughs> Gun part of the body bring me with you fucking I'm down here being passed around like a, a toy and there's fagoozies and everything on me <laughs> poor bleeding foreskin getting left behind yeah up to 20 places claimed they had the real deal and obviously whenever a town claimed that it would get a lot of pilgrims make like, money it'd be good for the local just bishop just picture someone on Pawn Stars trying to like sell it to your man Rick is it and he's like Listen, I have Jesus foreskin and he's like I know a guy who deals with Jesus foreskin by the way I was just now someone that yeah 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 with the item, like, I, I, I'll call him in <laughs> I'll call in the guy that deals with Jesus foreskin and the last place it was seen is 1983 in a town called Calcutta near Rome is that where it is now no it was stolen so someone just has Jesus Jesus foreskin there, in that somewhere. pocket yeah probably on a key ring <laughs> So I got nicked in 1983 and it was last seen in Italy. It was last seen in, in the end of a screwball <laughs> off an ice cream van in Kewlock. Just to wrap up our discussion of hoaxes and fraudsters. It was more just about foreskin though. Yeah. There was a fella called Louis T. Stone who was a reporter for newspapers in the US. And to get ahead of the competition, he started making up stories to sell to his editors. Some of those stories included... A cat that learned to whistle Yankee Doodle. A patriotic hen that laid red, white and blue eggs on Independence Day. A man who painted a spider on his bald head to keep away flies. A maternal bulldog that sat on hen's eggs. And a farmer who plucked his hens with a vacuum cleaner. So these were all stories that he wrote and people believed. I mean, crap. if you're going to lie about a fucking story, yeah, you're interested. That's some crazy shit, isn't it? A spider on top of someone's head. Keep away flies. What a tattoo like? I thought it was going to be like all political, dangerous, fake news shit. Yeah, no, that you'd actually believe. Like if I was reading that, I'd be like, Pfft. a dog sits on an egg. He also wrote that a tree, he had found a tree that grew baked apples. Like what were these published in? The North Side the, People. The Winstead. <laughs> <laughs> the local news. The Winstead Evening Citizen. The Winstead. Mm. Evening Citizen. That's where he got his start, yeah. Only in America. Would they be that gullible to, like, fall for... That there was a, a chicken that laid red, white and blue eggs? Yep. Like, who believed that? Where's Winstead? Uh, Connecticut, I think. What year was this? Late 19th century. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, 2004 or something. <laughs> no, this is a good way back. Fucking 1800s, huh? Who's going to prove you wrong? Mm. You know, who's going to fact-check that? No. The Winstead people few hundred people reading the newspaper about spider I didn't even know tattoos were a thing back then here's one that's not a hoax but more like a prank it's pretty impressive so in 1809 in London a house at number 54 Berners Street a chimney sweep called to the door and the maiden house said no no we didn't order a chimney sweep so he went away shortly after another knock at the door it's another chimney sweep she sent him away happens 10 more times, so 12 chimney sweeps in total. Then after that, coal carts, cake makers, doctors, lawyers, priests, undertakers, fishmongers, bootmakers, shoemakers, hat makers, and butchers, and several pianos all arrived at the door. And Mrs. Tottenham, who owned the house, said, why are you all showing up here? And it turns out it was a bet between a chap called Theodore Edward Hook and his friend. He bet a guinea that he could pick one house and make it the most talked about house in London. And he sent out 4,000 orders to different tradesmen to come to that one house. <laughs> it's like when uh, Lisa babysits Bart and he orders everyone to the house. It's like when you order <laughs> yeah, a pizza yeah. to your mate's gaff. Yeah, and, you used to. And you're looking yeah. out the window and you're like, <laughs> and then like, you order a curry as well. Like, and then there'll be like pizza curry 
kebab, everything like, in the <laughs> And then he'd just take it because he's a big fat bastard. <laughs> all of it. Yeah. All of it. I didn't know a piece of roll take it anyway. And my favourite bit of this is Theodore Edward Hook, the, the man behind the prank. He has the distinction of being the person to receive the world's first ever postcard. What an honour. Mm. I wonder where the postcard was from. Himself. When you used to go to Spain when you were young, younger, did you ever send yourself a postcard and try to beat it home? <laughs> did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you beat it? Yeah. You would, yeah. I would though, wouldn't you? I would. If you sent it on the last day that you were there, and you were going racing the postcard. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Then it'd be weeks later. Be like, that joke was not funny anymore. I never even thought of doing that. Was it a genuine hoax that there was, I think it was in New York, there was like a myth going around that there was crocodiles coming out of the toilet pots. Do you remember that? When was that? There was, I think it was in the 90s. But there was people afraid of, of the toilets for a very long time that a uh, crocodile would come up and bite the arse off them. In that little small space? Yeah, yeah. Probably little, little alligators. Little small alley. What's story alley? <laughs> Get down there, you flush. Whoosh. I've seen a video before of like someone saying, always check underneath your seat your toilet before you go for a gig now. And uh, he opens up and this big huge tarantula like runs down through the fucking Horrible. toilet. Like, oh, Horrible. ever since I always check. Do you? No. <laughs> just sit straight on it. It'd be worse if you checked because then he's going to come out. Like if you just go. There's actually a spider behind my ring doorbell. He's there ages. I only see him when I charge it. Killer. Never. Why? It has like a colourful back. It looks like wallpaper. Like old granny wallpaper. And I keep saying, he'd fucking kill you. That sounds like a venomous spoiler. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, uh, they'll have eggs. Species. They'll have eggs. to be a whole gaff. Yeah. There's Le- so many different species of spiders like that. There's a good chance that that one at my ring doorbell is some spider that hasn't even been known yet. It probably came from wherever the ring doorbells were made. China. A right. Chinese venomous spider that was just eggs in the back of the ring doorbell. Mm. And he hatched and came out. They're going to take over this country now and wipe us all out. Hope you're happy. Little colourful bastard. He's nice though. Did you have a pet? Gave him a little rope out with my baby finger. I was like, ishy, gushy, bushy, bushy. <laughs> and he went, <laughs> Was that a thing? Did you look up the alligators and the, the sewers? Yeah, so the New York City rescues 100 alligators per year, but like a lot of them are from houses and so on. They're not really kept in the sewers. An alligator wouldn't survive in the sewers, apparently. For a short time they would, but the bacteria in... Human shite and the low temperatures. <laughs> it's funny. Is that, is that what the article says? Human shite. <laughs> human feces. Um, human shite. <laughs> yeah, so they said there's none. However, the story, the kind of the urban myth seems to have began by a fella who interviewed for a book called The World Beneath the City in 1959. Did an interview with the man who said he had been the commissioner of sewers in the 30s. Turns out he hadn't at all but he said back in the 30s we had to do a whole operation to get rid of the alligators down in the sewer loyal to crap and then a lot of the follow on stories were based on that interview because people presumed if this fellow was the commissioner of sewers so you know lie gets around the world before the truth had a chance to put his shoes on but isn't it crazy how gullible humans are like we swallow bricks every Mm. fucking day like somebody thought that he bought the Golden Gate Bridge (laughs) somebody was standing on the Golden Gate Bridge and saying that he was like selling it and then some idiot paid him loads of money and thought he owned the Golden Gate Bridge then. Sort of like crypto. <laughs> How are those NFTs getting on? <laughs> I don't have he NFTs. never had one. I don't have NFTs. Yeah, he did. He had a Sonic the Hedgehog one. <laughs> what was I going to say? Uh, Irish soil. People put Irish soil in jars and sell them. Fucking idiots. People buying this shit. Like tourists like? Americans, yeah. Boy, Irish in, soil. Where did he sell Irish soil? Online, go like you can oh, like, like, Irish ah. soil, and it's just like a jar of Ireland, and people are like, hey, I have a jar of Ireland. <laughs> All right, My mate. grandfather's from there. His name is Patty. I was listening to the radio because Bruce Springsteen is playing, and I was listening to the radio, and they were interviewing this woman who came over from America to see Bruce Springsteen. He's playing for three days in the RDS, and she was like, and it's amazing that I'm getting to see Bruce Springsteen and whatever. The, you know, oh my god! And he's like, and I just found out I'm half Irish. She says, half Irish. That means your ma or your dad was from Ireland, and you didn't know that. You didn't know that your ma was from. Bleeding. No, I think they Party? that my or dad wasn't Irish, but they like chase back through generations until well, then, someone yeah. was in Ireland yeah. somehow. And but that makes you like a fucking fiftieth Irish. Doesn't make it half Irish. I could say I'm American because at some point someone in my family tree is American. I think probably could be. <laughs> well, you looked it up before, didn't you? You're from like Denmark or something like that. 
No, America. You're from, you're from America? Yeah, America, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm from there, yeah. <laughs> That's where I'm from. Yeah. <laughs> from Finglas, bro. Born and raised. Roots back centuries in Finglas. <laughs> Irish soil in America is quite interesting. Oh, go on then. Right. Go on. So, like with any country, the US does not allow you to bring soil from foreign lands in because it could have all sorts, you know, creepy crawlies or bacteria yeah, or whatever in it, you know. Big tarantulas. Exactly. On the banana. They don't bring it in because you could totally upset Struck the ecosystem. The, yeah, yeah. There's two countries you're allowed to bring soil into the US from. Ireland and Israel. That's the only two countries yeah. that you're allowed to bring soil in. And Because we don't really have any life-threatening insects. No, 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 no. Is it? No. A few wardens. It's <laughs> the work of a man called Alan Jenkins, Irishman Alan Jenkins, who back in the 1990s had this idea to sell Irish soil to Americans, to Irish Americans, or Irish living in America, mostly because they wanted to be buried with a bit of the outside. So he started this, but to get the business up and running, he had to convince the US government to let him import soil from Ireland. So he worked with Pat Burke, who was an Irish-American agricultural scientist, and they developed and patented patented a method of sterilisation that would get rid of all the unwanted things in Irish soil. Like what? I don't know. <laughs> Ticks. All of the soil comes from a two-acre field in County Tip. Only from the one place? Yeah. I feel like I'd get soil out in my back garden if I had one. My man's back garden. Put it in a jar and sell it on eBay for like a grand. And say, this is Bono's gaff. Premium This soil. is Bono's garden <laughs> soil. This is very Irish soil. Not yet, not just yeah, the ordinary soil. This is more Irish than the other Irish. <laughs> and they just be like, like, oh my God, okay. Wow, wow this guy and eBay selling like crazy stuff. Torf. I think people sell torf and peat. Or Irish peat. What's peat? Peat's torf. It's just not is a it? word for torf, isn't it? Yeah? Peter Parker. Selling Peter Parker's limbs. <laughs> <laughs> selling Peter Parker's webs and jars. <laughs> I'd seen that on eBay. I'd be like, oh, yeah, nah. Bet fucking girls sell that socks and everything on, like, people, there's some fucking weirdos out there that'll buy shit. Can't get rid of that money quick enough. There's too much of it. More money than sense. Well, um, thanks very much for coming on this journey with myself and Joseph. It's been wonderful. Mm. We've covered a lot. Foreskins. Soil. More foreskins. A lot of foreskin talk. A lot of foreskins. But it's important uh, to have one and not have one. Yeah. You can, it's your choice. You can go and get it done if you want tomorrow. <laughs> that's the choice we have. <laughs> tomorrow. Not today though. Not today. <laughs> someone, <laughs> to someone just listening was just like, fucking hell. Well, all right. <laughs> I didn't know that. Do you know what I've done? I used a disabled toilet the other day because I had to the, the normal one was out of and I don't understand why all toilets aren't the same as a disabled toilet they fucking class they're amazing has armrests choice of armrests that one in there has a flat screen TV it has a back on it it has a shower uh, it does have a shower a shower yeah. in it like well that's the shower that's just the shower <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be in that Jackson I'd be saying does anyone use that <laughs> yeah are you allowed to use them like, another way, you're not allowed to park in the disabled parking. I, no. against the law? I think if you walked out and there was a disabled person yeah. outside waiting on you, you'd be just like, shit. I'd be sorry. Fucking, yeah. I think you can use them, but it would just be that fair. I was in a shopping centre in Newry, like, a couple of weeks ago, and he used use the toilet and he said, oh, I'll just use that one. Why do you go to Newry to do your shopping? They have nothing that you can't get down here. What are you doing? B&M. B&M? Yeah, it's like deals were cheaper. Oh, okay, right, right. And you can get loads of painkillers. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, everyone knows people just go to Nordy to get fucking painkillers for like 70 cents. Duty? Yeah. What, like Panadol? And you want. And what, you went up there and you used the toilet up there, did yeah, you? Yeah, but like the security guard, because I didn't know the place, I was like, where's your bathroom? And he was like, yeah, I just used that one there, it was a disabled toilet. Like, so he told me to use that. So if we got in trouble, I'd be like, he told me. Yeah, it's his fault then. Yeah. Like, it's more comfortable than myself at home. I could just take that toilet and just put it in my sitting room and just chill out. Sure. No, the yeah, I see them urinals that are separated. Like, it's not one long urinal. It's, like, separated with, like, a bit of wall. Oh, yeah. Comes and then there's, like, a row of, like, tall ones and then a really, really little small one. Yeah. What's that? For kids. Is it? Yeah. I thought it was a bidet. I was, <laughs> I was washing my arse with it. <laughs> <laughs> I used to go on the mitt from school. 
we know. And I'd kill time, usually. Just stab it. Just by going to a jacks or something Stab like the that. time. Yeah, just kill it. Kill it dead. <laughs> Cut its throat. <laughs> Let it bleed out. Um, <laughs> but upstairs in Arnott's has the best toilet. Yeah. It's so nice. Yeah. Like, I think it's important for people to know where the best toilets are. Yeah. Will you give a little rundown of where the best toilets are? <laughs> yeah, if, if I can think. Brown Thomas is pinnacle and it's widely known. Montclair seats. Canada gives <laughs> toilet roll. <laughs> Burberry toilet roll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's no toilet roll, man. You just wipe your ass with the money. Your own money. You're like, 50 I don't need this anymore. But Brown Thomas is really good, but you feel uncomfortable going in. Arnott's is middle of the road now. It's nice. Arnott's is nice, but it's not too fancy. Go into the toilets up there, and I'm telling you, they're a different level. Yeah. The one in Stevens Green Shopping Centre that you have to pay 20 cents for. Yeah. I don't like it. There's mops all over it. Yeah. You go in and you, you're like stepping over mops and mop buckets and all. I'm like, what am I have to pay 20 cents here for? Mm. I'd pay 20 cents into the Brown Thomas one. I'll pay a tenner. I tell you where I, I was in the, the Oilac and the toilet in there is a cesspit. I'd rather piss in my bed than go into that toilet. Do you know there's an Instagram page that reveals hand dryers and toilets? I and didn't know like, that, but I'm not the surprised. on them is like, uh, like five out of ten, low pressure, but got the job done and stuff. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, like, but it's it's. I think it's around Dublin, like the reviews. And then like, they come across. You ever see them, like, them Dyson hand drawers where it's just like you put your hands into it and it just goes. Yeah, they're, they're the best. Ten out of ten. Yeah. yeah, ten out of ten for sure. If you were caught in town and you needed to go, where would you go? Go to the toilet. Like? Yeah, like you know when you just oh, cost sometimes like fuck. I have to Wherever's go. Handy, a pub or something. A pub? No way, a pub. Yeah. Even when I'm in a I pub, I don't like them. going to the toilet. I love the smell of them little the cakes, cakes, <laughs> the little yellow cakes. Do you, do you ever? Do you know people that like just can't go to the toilet anywhere other than the house? I know someone that goes to the toilet every time they they go. I'll tell you a story about going to the toilet. And I know what's talking about. This is a lot of toilet talk, and I do apologise to the listeners. You're probably like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" But this, it's in good, this is a it's funny in good story. context. Not yeah. like we're just talking about piss and stuff for the sake of we're it. We're trying to keep it clean, as clean as this sort of conversation can be kept. Okay, so I was looking for a house. I have a mortgage on my gaff. Oh, we so what was I doing, all right? <laughs> when we were looking, do I have a mortgage? <laughs> when we were looking for the house, I brought my mar out the house for a viewing. And I was upstairs, and there's loads of people in the house. It's a view. It's a house viewing. There's loads of people around. Isn't that terrible that everyone's just looking at the same house and only one of you are going to get it? Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of sad, like you know. And then you go into a bidding war, and that's it's a yeah. different, different story. But like walking around the house, I'm like, it's a bit of a smell. And my ma was downstairs. I have a toilet downstairs, and I was looking for my ma. I was like, ma, where are you? Like coming to the end of the viewing. I was like, where's my ma? And she's like, I'm in here. She was in the downstairs toilet taking a shit. At a house viewing, in the smallest toilet, in the in the downstairs toilet, she Is that was the in house there. In now, yeah, so you got the house. Yeah, I was in that toilet. I had to toilet. buy it after that. <laughs> no, like I'm really sorry about she that. Right, I'll pay scent. a deposit now. She left our scent. So she left our scent. All right, Jesus, like, I feel like I can. Still I was smell in that in toilet and like you can't move in it. Yeah, it's very small. And like you have to bend down to like. It's under the stairs. It's, it's like, under the stairs. It's smaller than Harry Potter's bedroom. I know, that's what it's like. You're expecting Dobby to come out from the cistern. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Misa. But like, that's <laughs> fucking Jar Jar Binks again. <laughs> <laughs> Must protect Harry Potter. I couldn't take a shit in your house. Never mind going to a viewing for a house that we don't know who owns it. Would you not take a poo in, your, in someone else's house? Are you, if I really 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 needed it and I couldn't hold it to, then I to. I would begrudgingly I know people who will not go for a number one or a two anywhere else other than the house yeah or else if they're away they only in the apartment or only in the hotel room do you know that way yeah I feel like when I go to a festival I just don't don't go to the toilet I just hold it in I'm like a camel it's impossible I do go number one but like where's, I, the, worst, where's the worst place to hold in a toilet I think the cinema, if it's a really good film and it's packed, I can't get up. Yeah, yeah. That is. Especially in these day and age, not when you're at the premieres and all. Oh, for you. Tell me. Well, you. you can't get up because you'd be fucking swinging past Keith Barry or something. And the problem is that them premieres, you, like, they give you a free drink and everything beforehand. Yeah, like they fill you and up like, like Sorry, Bazish, my week. I just got to get past it. <laughs> sorry, Paul Mescal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Paul, yeah. Paul Mescal. Uh, sorry, there, Colin, sorry there, Colin Farrell, um, Barry Cogan, and. <laughs> 
Sverige och snitt av det hela tiden liksom. Just can't do it. What a miss, what a miss. It's that all mine me something that just happened there like the other day. I went to see uh, Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy Tree, right? And I brought me mate. His name is Graham and he's from Finglas. Just thought I'd say that. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> like on the build up to this, he was like so pumped. He was like, Who's gonna be there? He always says bud, like he's like, Who's gonna be there, bud? Do you think there'll be loads of people there, bud? And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, bud. And uh, I was like, Ryan Toberty and I'll just be there and I'll just wind them up like <laughs> and uh He's like, oh, oh, you're going to be celebrity spotting and all that. And uh, we were sitting up the back, right? And Keith Barry walked in. And he was like, but, but, there's Keith Barry. And he was about to stand up, like, and like, oh, Keith, and wave. And I was like, don't, you don't fucking don't do that. Like, he won't like that. And he's like, oh, he will. He's like, I'm going to fucking go down and ask and do a magic trick for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 don't. <laughs> like, but he was genuinely would have, like, yeah. down. But like he was so like wound up about the whole situation like that who we could spot and stuff and he's like by the end of it he was like look, the only kind of famous person I seen was fucking Kate Barry like it's <laughs> <laughs> like I doesn't feel there like who was there it was, was me Graham and Kate Barry it was just the three as yeah. to see Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, yeah. it was yeah, class it was and then I actually started thinking that we weren't even there and we were just under some spell yeah I think that's probably what it was yeah. or else Kate Barry made everyone disappear yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of nice though, isn't it? That your friend was like, oh, no way. Look who it is. He's like 32 or something. <laughs> a bit too early. Has a mortgage. Kids yeah. on the way. So yeah. The toilets in there that nice. Yeah, but everyone uses them at the same time. When the film is over, yeah. it's like a fucking stampede to the jacks. Mm. There's people standing on your blade shoes to try to get a go after you. But you wait. Wait until I'm finished, for fuck's sake. <laughs> we went to see a film and the one you were in for a minute where you got bitten in the neck. Oh, uh, let the wrong one in. Yeah, I know you held in the toilet for the whole thing. Fair play to you. No, you didn't. You went. I didn't go. I didn't Did you not? No, I went after it. Born in me it was. <laughs> I was sitting there, I was like... <gasps> and, and I was parting a... as well and I couldn't drink it. Yeah. At least in the cinema, you know that there's a toilet outside. Yeah. But it doesn't have that same, you know, existential dread. Like, do you ever need to go on a bus? On yeah. On a long road trip? Yeah. And the only way you're going to the toilet and you're on the motorway, like, you know, if the bus driver would have to pull over on the side of the motorway to let you go. Yeah. Do you know, one of the worst it's times, type of one, actually one of the worst holding in the toilet times was uh, I was on a party bus when I was younger, like, you know them party buses? Yeah. And like, they just go around and like, there's no stopping, like, they stop, I think, once for like, a smoke break or a toilet break. And as soon as I got in, I needed to go, like, yeah. and I was just holding in, there was nothing I could do and everyone was like drinking and I was like, ah, and I was like, oh God, <laughs> can't even take a sip of a drink, like. Yeah. Just makes it so much worse. There was a time when I was on a bus and I was hung over and I was going to college and I needed to get sick. That wasn't good. I had to get off the bus to get sick. On the ground? On the ground. To clean it? No. What do you do? Like Just let the, the pigeons at it. <laughs> I have to leave it. It's so bad though. It's so, so bad. Do you know what happened to me? Man, I'm telling you, I'm in the Truman Show and yous are actors. I'm 100% certain of it. We were always on the road to this. Where, yeah. This, yeah, go on. Wait, did you talk about it before? No, <laughs> no it's just... Uh, neat. Oh, it feels like it was going to come up. I said on the podcast before, I've never seen a dead pigeon. Did you see one? Yeah. I seen a dead magpie the other now, day. I feel like the director of my show went, fuck, we've missed a trick there. Like, drop some pigeons down. Yeah. And I've seen like two dead pigeons the same day. But it's only when you say it and then after you say it, then you notice it. Yeah. So they've always been there just that you never noticed it. I don't know if they have. I feel like yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah, not in a film. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not film. Another thing, I moved out to Kulak, right? And the only people that I see out in Kulak are people that used to live in town. And I feel like there's a shortage of extras outside my Truman show that they had to get the people from town and move them to Kulak. I'm like, this is why like it's it's I don't actually think I'm in a TV show, but it's mad, isn't it? When you kinda no, like no. the yellow car thing. If you say yellow car, then you'll see a yeah. yellow car. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like Well, oh, that's confirmation that? bias. That's what you're talking about there. Because by identifying in your own brain the yellow car. Yeah. you'll notice it a lot more because most of what we see just passes by without it's like the, well that sounds like something that an extra in the Truman show would say to Truman it's like me with 1916 on my phone yeah yeah, yeah. like happens nearly every day of the week like and I'm not like waiting around saying oh it's 1914 now I better look at my phone in two minutes it's like you might be I'm not it's, <laughs> it's not like that like but I could not look at my phone for like an hour and a half or an hour and 23 minutes and it just happens to be 1916 every time 
and I feel like Michael Collins is after me. <laughs> he is. He is the ghost of Michael Collins. Yeah. There was a, a Chinese or was a Japanese TV show. It was like Big Brother. They took this guy and they put him in a, a room and they put hidden cameras all over the room and they left him there for months and they had games for him every day and there'd be people bringing him his food and he, but he was just in this box of a room and he didn't know that he became a massive superstar outside of this room because he didn't know all of this was being broadcast live. So everyone was tuning in and watching him live, just like the Truman Show. He was like the face of a, a ramen company and he was huge. He was a massive, massive big deal. And then one of the days they came in, a few months after he was into the process, a fella came in to clean the room and then they sent him back in. But this room was a movable room. So they lifted the room or something like that. Mm. And then they put him on a stage in the middle of a stadium. And then like all at once, you can Google this and you can YouTube it. The walls fell apart and he was in a stadium with thousands of people. Cheering. And he's like just in a pair of briefs. And he was like, what the fuck is this? Because he didn't know that he was a celebrity. Yeah. This was a brand new concept. He thought he was just part of some social experiment and they were doing tests, like he was playing games and stuff as part of a test. He didn't realise that he was a fucking superstar and he came out as a superstar. But imagine that. Like imagine someone just came in now and says, ah, it's all a big joke. This is not your real life and Amy's an actor and you don't really live here and that's not your I'd ma. Be, I'd be back on the set, Shalene. <laughs> Isn't that mental? Can you, can you Google that and, and give us a little bit more facts on that? That's a, a mad one now. There's a taxi man that I know and uh, like he's like a kind of a chauffeur as well like and like he drove Mike Tyson around like Dublin when he was over here and stuff like that and he drove celebrities and stuff and uh, he was saying that he picked up like this group of Chinese people with camera equipment in Dublin like just to bring them around in his taxi to, from A to B and uh, they basically were like saying do you mind if we put like this like GoPro on your windscreen just to get your reactions to some things because we're part of a Chinese TV show like and uh, he was like, yeah, no worries, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And like let them out and stuff and they'd done their bits and he said that they'd send them like a clip of it or a DVD of it. So it would be in the times of like DVDs. And uh, he said, I was walking through like town one day like and all these Chinese people are stopping like in their own language saying, you're really famous in China and stuff like that. And uh, he got sent to like the DVD and he put it in and he was like all over the place in China like that's insane yeah. isn't it that that's is mental like, yeah. did you find out on that the Japanese show yeah so it was called Susunu Denpa Shonen oh yeah that's what I thought it was called yep. <laughs> it was every, on the tip of my tongue <laughs> every season was a different setup. one of them had two contestants stranded on an island and they had to make a raft others had to hitchhike from South Africa to Norway I'm pretty sure we talked about this on the Peter Morgan episode Really? I think so. We talked about weird reality TV, remember? I was talking about Milf Milf Manor, which I gave up on. I didn't I didn't follow through on that. <laughs> I didn't get to the end of it. I thought it was too yeah. disturbing. So this season of the show was Tomaki Hamatsu was his name. But yeah, he was he was under the impression that basically it was an audition for this show. So he was in his tiny apartment and he thought that everything So he, he had the audition for months, like? Yeah, he didn't think anyone was seeing these videos of him but it was being broadcast around Japan and he could only survive on what he won from mail-in sweepstakes competition yeah 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 yeah. magazine yeah. sweepstakes so he had magazines he had like a magazine shelf and he was like cutting out all the mail-in competitions and, and sending off of them and he'd always win ramen and that's how he became the face of the ramen company it's ramen noodles yeah I'd it's love, like coke I'd, and love, I'd love ramen now I've been thinking about it all week really yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll get ramen they took his clothes away yeah he was in the nip yeah. He was in like boxers. That wasn't his choice. The producers took his clothes away. Japan, was man. Was he in the Japan? Japan. Briefs, little white briefs. Hmm. That's why it was like... There's a lack of consent it's in that <laughs> show like, with, with that. like. Yeah, like yeah. he didn't... Is this like early 2000s or... This was probably 90s. 90s. Are they still able to do stuff like that? They still do, yeah. Their, their reality, their versions of Love Island or whatever are bonkers. And Korea, South Korean TV is insane. Like... You should look up the most popular South Korean reality TV show and you'll love it. I'll uh, watch it on um, a thing that I pay for. Uh, <laughs> so it must like, be legal. <laughs> <laughs> Unsurprisingly, our man in the room in Japan, he suffered some pretty long-term psychological effects. Oh, yeah. Imagine, yeah. 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 Breakdown. Completely disorientated and destroyed by the whole thing. 
But in 2016, at the fourth attempt, he climbed Mount Everest. And came back for season two. What? Fair play to him. Holy shit. Yeah. They were talking about the Truman Show, Joe. Yeah. And you think this is your own Truman Show. I'm in it. There's a thing called the Truman Show Delusion. Tell me more. It's not an officially recognised disorder by the American Psychiatric Association, which I think is the, the bar you need to reach. But some legit doctors say they've seen lots of cases mm. where people think they are the star in their own reality TV show. Ever since that film, like? I'd imagine it's been going on longer, but now they... Maybe they got yeah. the idea for the film from people like that. Andrew yeah, Nichol, the writer of the Truman Show, said, you know, you've made it when you have a disease named after you. <laughs> and... Yeah, like there's reports of a patient who went to New York City after 9-11 because they wanted to check that the World Trade Center attacks weren't a plot twist in his own Truman show. Someone else showed up at a federal building in New York City and went in and asked for asylum, asked them to save him from the show that he is the star of. If like So Joe, now you think that you are living in a Truman Show. Mm. I feel like I'm going to get to the M50. If I go past the M50, there's going to be a wall there that's just painted with the country. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing past the M50. Actually, I feel like you'd probably think that because you don't really live your circle. I know what's past the M50. Cows. But they're not real. They're machines. Don't fucking say that to me. They're not real. None of this is real. I'm not real. I'm a hired actor. Well, you've done a great be... job. Fair play to you. You're a fantastic actor at being a producer and you're a fantastic act at being a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> the way you keep saying you're going to book a holiday to Tenerife, that's like Truman trying to get yeah, the, the yeah. plane where he was trying to go. Yeah, he was always, he was always trying to go on holidays. Yeah. Was it? Fiji, yeah. was it? He was saving, yeah, he was always saving, but then shit kept breaking and he kind of had to always... It's probably the only Jim Carrey film I haven't seen all of it. The Truman Show? Well, bits of, yeah, oh, it's classic. Oh, it's so good. The Truman Show is fantastic. It's a really, really good film. I'm going to sit down and watch that tonight. Yeah, you should. Actually, no. I'm going to Chicken Nuggets Birthday. Chicken Nuggets Birthday. Do you know that there's more Lego in the world than humans? I didn't know that, but I'm not. But when you surprised. think of it, like... Yeah, I mean, can... individual Lego pieces. Yeah. But when you think of it, like it's understandable that there is, there would be like there's a lot of Lego. Yeah, is it the bricks or is it like the Lego people? Like, is there more Lego people than humans? Oh, I couldn't tell you. This is your fact. You're t- you're, 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 you 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 started this off telling me I something. Just thought, like I just thought of that, and then I was like, I googled that and I said, yeah, there is more, but like I didn't go deep into. Do you want to know how many Lego bricks are produced every year? Fucking love to know. <laughs> That's why I'm here, baby. <laughs> Take a guess. Seventeen million. Oh, Got to be over a billion. It is over a billion. What's it like? Three billion? Sixty billion. Sixty billion. billion. Yeah, sixty billion. Well, people on the planet. Seven, seven billion. Yeah, give or take. And like one or two. Sixty billion. So like sixty billion bricks. How many men and women and children pieces of Lego? Actually, that's so specific. <laughs> Just how many people pieces of Lego is that produced? Three hundred forty million. And there are four billion Lego minifigures in the world. Do you know when people say, like, you just see, like, YouTube videos of people who have, like, the biggest Lego collection of all time. They don't. Did you say it? Because there's a many billions produced a year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've got, like, 10,000 original pieces. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no, you don't, because, like, well, you do, but, like, that's nothing. If they're producing that much, like. There's 86 Lego bricks per person on the planet. How many? 86 for each of us. I was going to I was gonna try to do the maths and break it down. Yeah, Jesus Christ. For each person that's 86 Lego bricks? Pieces? That's a year. Yeah. Is that including like wheels? 318 million Lego tyres are made every year. <laughs> you get Legos now and they're just... It's not even Lego. Lego used to be just blocks and then you just build something mm-hmm. yourself. But now you get instructions and it's like... You get a box, small box, that's about 25 quid and it should not be... Because then you open it, it's a little packet with a few bits and pieces in it. And it's not like you can make whatever you want. You have to make Batman's car or Spider-Man's building yeah, or whatever the fuck yeah, it it's is. Like, IKEA furniture. Yeah, that's what they, yeah. You're not making a fucking shelf if you bought a fucking bed. It's friend. not creative anymore. Yeah. It used to be like, just build something, you know what whatever the fuck you want. Go on. They should give you a box of a Batmobile made and your job is to unmake it. Just throw it on the ground. <laughs> No, but brick by brick, like you have to unmake it. It's always been my dream since I was a kid to topple over the Lego Woody statue in Smith's. 
<laughs> when Smiths is closing oh, down at Jervis there in the Jervis yeah it's been there for years Ollie goes in he, he touches it and I'm like don't touch it don't touch it because in my head I'm thinking he might knock it over and he might smash it but it's so old and glued together like who, hasn't, who has not tried to do that like oh man I'd love to I'd love I to think see that, that might just be plastic though and it just has the bits of Lego sticking out of it like as it looks like it is actual piece of Lego stuff do together. you think so I think it might be that's... no way that's lasting where that is where that's located <laughs> No, too many fellas hanging around there ready to push that over up to no good because <laughs> there was a Buzz Lightyear one but that's gone because I thought that one got toppled over and smashed I would buy that Woody one but it's filthy dirty now it's disgusting it's disgusting that is there since Smith's exists I think it is yeah well I guess it's there as long as Toy Story was a thing so when was Toy Story made? 2000? 98 or something. 98 was it? 95 95 yep Ooh, quick do maths. you know when The Incredibles came out? 2002 Do you want more Lego facts? Or fact? four Yeah more, more Lego facts well, More Lego facts Three 2003 I was shocked A single Lego brick Can support the weight Of 375,000 Other Lego bricks 375,000 Stacked like yeah. They fall over they fall over In theory That's <laughs> a, the strength of it. Oh. it can support 375,000 times It's own weight They are sturdy how it looks I like Duplo Kids ones The big giant ones Stala is a Go Loud original podcast proudly sponsored by Five Lamps. The beer from Ah here. The beer from Ah here. Give us a sup of that. Do you want to go for a sup? Yeah, I'll have one or two, yeah. Yeah. The brewery's only up the road. We head up is there? It? Yeah, to Camden. Yeah. Yeah, we head up there. Yeah. Will I follow you? Because I'm just going to do a bit of research on uh, what? visitandrinkaware.ie to know all about responsible drinking. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll let you know how I got on. You, you fill me in. I mean, you probably know everything already on that website. I actually don't. There's some fine print I'm, I'm yet to read. Okay. <laughs> Remember, if you want to get in touch with us or if you have any questions that you want us to answer on the bonus episode of the Stala podcast, email stala at goloudnow.com. That's stala at goloudnow.com forward slash stala underscore. Just what Joe said. <laughs> it's probably in the description. Check out the description. Be there. And we'll talk to you in a bit, all right? Take care of yourself. Mind your foreskin. Or if you don't have, if you don't have it, like, that's fine as well. Just mind your penis. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to you later. See ya. Stall it with Darren and Joe. A Go Loud original podcast, proudly sponsored by Five Lamps. The beer from Ah Here. Try a local in your local. Get the facts, be drink aware. Visit drinkaware.ie.